You're about to experience the cultural phenomena that's sweeping the nation. Oh yeah, it's happening. Sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Stinging Paul's podcast with Scott and Paul. No, Good evening. Hang on. No, no, you're Scott. Yeah. Do you want to start that <laughs> <Yeah>. again? Because <laughs> I was about to say Scott and, and Liam at one point. <laughs> Refreshed. <laughs> Stinging Paul's podcast with Charlie and Paul. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Film up for review this evening is my choice. It's Tootsie. It's been on the cards for a little while, Charlie. We were going to review it. We were going to review it in conjunction with... Touch of Evil. Touch of Evil. <laughs> That's appropriate. Yeah. What a combination. We never got around to doing it, so we've decided that after our last episode, which was nil by mouth, we needed something a little <laughs> bit lighter. Um, so it was Sophie's choice. Yeah, so say, <laughs> Dancer in the Dark or something really miserable. So in honour... Of Tootsie, which not only features Dustin Hoffman, there's a very early role here for Bill Murray. Our foreplay topic is Bill Murray movies. Let's just play the jingle. One, two, three, well, had I done foreplay? Bill Murray movies. Um, it's not a four-play episode again because there's no Liam tonight, so it's it's three-play once again. Not necessarily your favourite Bill Murray movie or the best Bill Murray movie, just one you want to discuss. Paul, we'll throw it over to you first of all. Um, it's a movie where he wasn't the main character. Okay, but. I think his performance stole the movie. Okay, I've got an idea. Chevy Chase. Oh. In Caddyshack. Excellent. Have you seen it, Charlie? I haven't seen Caddyshack. Oh. I want to sort of get into those sort of 80s comedies because I love like trading places and Mm. planes, trains, automobiles and there are some glaring omissions. The the film is okay. It's a funny-ish film. If Bill Murray wasn't in it, that film would have bombed. Oh, it's it's yeah. It, it really. Who's the comedian in it? The brash. It's Rodney Dangerfield, Rodney isn't Dangerfield, it? I think is the lead. Yeah. Yeah. Who, in small bits, is quite funny. Mm. If he gets too much of him, he's <laughs> fucking annoying. He's not a virtuoso. No, no. But Bill Murray plays the um, the greensman, the, the groundkeeper, the groundkeeper of a golf course, and 
the the theme running through it is he's trying to get rid of this gopher that is destroying the course. And he ends up using plastic explosives in the shape of small animals to, to blow up this gopher. And, I mean, he, he creates squirrels and rabbits and everything yeah. out, out of the plastic explosives. And he is such a... He's a plays a Southern American, like, dimwit. Oh, so that's, that's actually a departure then, because one of the things... Sorry, carry on, but I just... No, I, I usually find that he's just, in every performance, he's surly and irreverent about... No, no, he, he does play this typical, I don't know, somewhere like Alabama type... Yeah, yeah, there is a Southern drawl to it. Yeah, yeah. and, and it is, it's just... It's very silly, but it keeps the movie alive. Because yeah. the plot, the overall plot of the movie is... It's like the jester shit. in a Shakespeare. It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you get this sort of this story that's going through about the whole golf course, which isn't particularly interesting. No, it's about... Funny. And the funniest bits are the Bill Murray yeah, bits, aren't they? because Chevy Chase is this commoner that's going to win this golf tournament against all the posh people sort of thing. I'm and not overly familiar with Chevy Chase stuff. Other than you're not the, Fletch? I've seen the You Can Call Me Out video. Oh, <laughs> yeah. nice. Probably what he's most um, famous for. Yeah. Fletch was a quite a Fletch was a very good time. film. Fletch um, lives. Oh, National Lampoon, Christmas Vacation. You must I have seen that. But Christmas again, Vacation, not... I thought. Again, but the funniest part of that was the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> again, animals slash rodents. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was looking through IMDb at the Bill mm. Murray filmography, and he's... Been in some funnyish films, but I wouldn't say he's a star actor. I, I a character would, actor. Yeah, I would not say I would look through Netflix and go, right, I'm going to watch a Bill Murray film. <laughs> I would because probably worry about your mental health if you ever yeah, did that. There's, there's <laughs> very few films where he is the actual star. Oh, uh, this day and age, yes. Yeah. But you can go back 20 years. Yeah, and obviously. He would have had the. the you're going to mention one. Charlie's going to mention one yeah. that. Oh, not necessarily. Not necessarily. But. Yeah, he's. He's never been an A lister, I would say. I think there's, there's such a thing as being a very good supporting actor, though. Yeah. If we were talking about uh, John Goodman in the pub the other night. Yeah. Now, for me, he's fantastic. He was um, in the pub, didn't he? We were talking about him. Uh, <laughs> he is someone who always appears as a supporting actor in a film, but he does it yeah. exceptionally well. So yes. why would he ever put that in jeopardy yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. and ruin a good thing? He has his share of the limelight, but doesn't want to be totally That's it. in it. Yeah. The only time he did go sort of top of the bill... Flintstones. Was Flintstones. Yeah, look how crap that was. Classic. <laughs> did you ever see the sequel? The, the, the oh Vegas or something, God. wasn't it? That's just. Is that yeah? Is that the one with Elizabeth Taylor was in? Yeah, wasn't it? surely Sharon Stone. Sharon uh, Stone was the name yeah, of the character played uh, by Halle uh, Berry. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. that's lame. Halle Berry, who's the secretary in the first one. Her Did she show everyone her growler? I know far too much about the, the funniest thing in that <laughs> film is because they were running away from someone, mm. and there was a pig, yeah. and it, he told the person who was chasing him where he was going, and he turned around and goes squealer. Oh God! <laughs> and that was the funniest moment of that film. That's prehistoric. It was, it was that is. Yeah, hey. It was clever the way they tried to recreate the cartoon, you know, with, with yeah. some of the animatronics and things like that. But yeah, 
yeah. Not for cartoon. me. No, but cartoons no. shouldn't be. Again, another another classic that I watched at the Elephant and Castle. Was it? Was it? Oh, yeah, that thing. Yeah. B fifty two. It was. Yeah. yeah. Cunts. <laughs> but it's not a Bill Murray movie. So so. <laughs> Ah. Caddyshack and then, isn't the scene where he's knocking the heads off all the flowers with the golf club mm. that was improvised that wasn't oh, was scri- that wasn't scripted apparently that was very off the cuff but... it was <laughs> okay Charlie Bill Murray movie it's slightly obscure but I'm going to mention the fact that he appears quite marginally in the Grand Budapest Hotel Ooh. oh good one Not and for me, I mean, it's a sensational film. It is such a well-made film. That's Wes Anderson at the height of his powers. Is he in every Wes Anderson movie? He's in The Life Aquatic, uh, Steve Zizou. Yeah. He's in Rushmore. The Rush Kingdom. I don't know if he's in Isle of Dogs. That's just he been is. released as he a is. voice. Yeah, he's played boss. That's but it. for me, land, it? it is actually well, yeah. nice. But we don't play there anymore. It's the wrong end. That's the it's just over oh. the river from where I was. Mile End Road. Yeah, Bandit Country. <laughs> um, it's the tip that you see at the start of EastEnders, basically. <laughs> for me, it, it accentuates everything about Bill Murray. Not because of the performance. It shows what a cult figure he's become. That I'm you can just—he appears in it very, very. Very shortly, yeah. Um, and I remember watching it in the cinema, and people sort of reacting excitedly because Bill Murray was in this. Yeah, and for me, he's an actor who has transcended his position as an actor. He's got this everyone loves him status. He's yep. like he's like the face of uh, being um, disappointed with modern culture. That sort of like this is what I wanted to talk yeah. about because he's. Bill Murray. Bill Murray was a crowd puller. T- t- twenty years ago, Scrooge, Ghostbusters, actually more Grand than twenty Hog years Day. ago, thirty years ago, Groundhog Day, all of those big movies. He was above the title. He was actor of you know some pulling power. But now he's become a cult. He's, he's, he's everyone's favourite curmudgeon. Yeah. yeah, it's cameo roles, it isn't is it? It is cameo it's, roles. You know about like William Shatner did, like when, if, like when he had this music career, yeah. wasn't it? He, he transcended <laughs> the fact that he was Captain Kirk. Yeah. It was like everything he did was postmodern and ironic. Yeah. I think that's what. One of the uh, ones I was going to choose was exactly a cameo role, but I'm, I'm, I'll probably choose something else now. Have you seen Zombieland? No. no. Zombieland, comedy zombie film with. Jesse Eisenberg and... Um, you know my history is on Yeah, jobs. but this is a comedy zombie. <laughs> Jesse Johnny Eisenberg, uh, Emma Stone and Woody Harrelson. And all the way through, it's this, this comedy road trip across America, them slaughtering zombies, zombie invasion, all that. They end up at this big house somewhere, I can't remember where it is. And it turns out that Bill Murray's there. Yeah. And it's just this cameo, you weren't expecting it's not billed as Bill Murray being there, and Bill Murray turns out to be this zombie and shit like that. And it's a five minute... Bit, but everyone it's always all, goes zombie land. Oh, the one with Bill Murray, and that's what I mean. Grand Budapest Hotel is an ensemble cast. Yeah. People don't remember it as the Bill Murray film. Yeah, but he's got this status now, was he can just do a Harry Lime in a film, yeah. and it's like it's very hard to describe. But he he's not an actor; he's a personality. I think yeah. like he's not someone that I dislike or hold in high regard, but he's got this persona that exists that doesn't really allow him to be in films so much now because he's got you associate him with miserableness and, and being 
sarcastic weird, about things. Yeah, because there's also this phase. I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to pick a particular movie because I'm going to probably end up talking about five or six oh, here. Cheating. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. It's his show. Do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> it's my show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mussolini. Uh, it's taken me five years to say. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the Lennon and McCartney moment. This yes. is... Take it, you're McCartney. Murray's Yoko. <laughs> um, what was the one we got Oscar night? Lost in Translation. See, I thought there was a chance that would have come up because I think that's his most modern leading role, Well, that's isn't the it? one we'll discuss as mine then. Lost that's, in Translation. That's the one that for intellectuals like, isn't it? It's, yeah. That's probably now, why I haven't seen it. It's the one for people from Shoreditch. <laughs> do you like the film? Yeah. No, not why. I don't particularly like people who like I've the not film. Seen it, so, <laughs> and, and going on the fact, if both of you don't like it, there's no way I'm watching it. It's <laughs> nice. It's not a bad film actually, but it's lost in translation. It's very good. Very good. It it feels one of those sort of intentionally quirky films that have been done loads and loads and loads of times, mm. and people forget. Oh, there's a curmudgeon and this this uh, sort of quirky, hip girl comes along and changes his perception of life. I'm telling you, there's about fucking 50 films like it. <laughs> and more. But yeah. you just put them in a different setting and yeah. it's like... Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to try and work out what the appeal of that movie was. It is it is a good film, yeah, it's nothing but it's not exceptional. Mm. Sophia Coppola, I think. Yeah, she directed yeah. yeah. And Scarlett Johansson, wasn't it, was the yeah, female. Just easy on the eye. If Liam Sexist. was here, he is a wee bit. If Liam was here, he'd have chose Space Jam. Is he in that? He's in Space Jam. Or we could have chosen him for a 1996 film if he got it wrong <laughs> like me. <laughs> but then you can't ignore Ghostbusters, Groundhog I mean, Day, can you? Ghostbusters was was a great film, and he well, he was the the stooge in that film. He was the comic guy out yeah. of that. I, I think, I mean, you got Dan Aykroyd, yeah, but Bill Murray was the... Comic lead. Yeah, the the, the dunce, the stupid mm. guy, in it? In our previous episode, where we reviewed Neil by Mouth, you mentioned the idea of a national treasure, or mm. the idea that when someone goes, how much they'll be celebrated. Yeah. I think when Bill Murray does pass away, there will be a massive outpouring of... Grief it, whores everywhere. Well, no, I don't even mean it cynically. <laughs> yeah, no, there there yeah. will be, but I don't mean it cynically, but I think people will genuinely be upset. Mm-hmm. I think that one will be I, on a par with the Robin Williams death. That's what yeah. it may, reminds me of. Yeah. Someone who... I mean, sort of, don't get me wrong, I like Bill Murray. He speaks he very is, highly of you, Paul. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, we get on well. Sure. Um, but there's very few films that I'd say were... His, well, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be Ghostbusters. Um, what about Bob? Was probably it's one of my... Dreyfus one. Yeah. yeah. That was probably one of my favourite ones where he was a main character in yeah. it. Did you ever see the film Vincent with him in that came out about mm, three years no. ago? Don he... McLean's version. Yes, do we know? He is living in a house a and the new family move in. It's a single mum and... Her son, and he is again, he's this fucking curmudgeon, 
who hates the world and he sneers at people and growls. I feel and a bit of a theme coming out. Yeah. <laughs> there is there is a kind of trend. But um what happens is like not in a not in that way, he befriends the son. Um <laughs> I like it. you have to say that before. Disclaimer. <laughs> it's not a bluey. Um, like the boy and the son, they get to know each other. And again, the son changes his perception of the world. Mm. And this is what annoys me. It's like, yeah, you've got to stop doing this. Yeah. You can't just be this apathetic, miserable person who, like a misanthrope. Mm. And then, Ooh, there's an old word. Yeah, like and then <laughs> oh, because someone who's got a better outlook on life than you comes into your kind of experience and changes everything because it just it's lazy and it keeps getting done. It's like what was the? Uh, it's like Good Night, Mister Tom. Do you remember that John Thor? Yeah, that kind of thing. It just keeps getting remade and people are falling for it. Yeah. But. As good as it gets, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. You make me want to be a better That's person. That's 1997 as well, by the way. Not it was, actually. Yeah. yeah. It was on the yeah. So, are we saying that Bill Murray is more of a, a personality than a film star? He's more of an yeah. icon or a... He's he exists more, on his own... In his own unique little bubble. Yeah, he's more of a supporting actor rather than... The main role. He doesn't. He doesn't lead a movie anymore. No, but it's like I say, it's a postmodern thing. Mm. It's like he would be in a film and he wouldn't have a character name. He'd be actual Bill Murray within the film. There's a couple. Yeah, he's listed as Bill Murray as I'm looking down this list. I mean, Groundhog Day was a because that was probably the first of its kind of that kind of movie. The the repetitive sort of day after day. That was. I don't know if it was good because he was in it or it was good because it was a new kind of perception of filmmaking. I'd actually say Groundhog Day is similar to the film we're going to be talking about in the fact that it's frivolous, it's light, it's entertaining, Mm -hmm. but it has more, like, um, how should I say, it has more, it has hidden depths and it has intelligence behind it. Yeah. Yeah, it's... If you were to compare that to music, I'd call Groundhog Day easy listening. It's in, in that respect of you can watch it at any time, and you you'll like think to you'll, yeah, yeah, you'll like it without having to concentrate yeah. too much, and it's just there going on in the background, yeah. sort of thing. Tubular bells. <laughs> <laughs> Groundhog Day is the tubular bells of the of the cinema world. Where, what other fucking podcast <laughs> gives you that kind of metaphor? Only the stinking paws, ladies and gentlemen. That's foreplay for this episode. We'll be back in a minute with Tootsie. Let me tell you about my client, Michael Dorsey. He was a fine actor. Maybe a great actor. But for every role he wanted, there was a reason why he wasn't right. Sorry, you're too tall. I can be shorter. Nah, can't use you. Too short. Oh, I can be taller. Too moody. Next. Too old. Too stubborn. You're too much trouble. Too tough. Too temperamental. Too pushy. Too difficult. Michael, no one will hire you. Just watch me. Boy, did he show us. He auditioned for the female lead on a soap opera and became the hottest new actress in America. And you know what? 
No one knows his new identity, not even the girl he's madly in love with. Soon everyone will know that she's Dustin Hoffman and he's Tootsie. Tootsie, released on the 28th of April 1983 in the UK, directed by Sidney Pollock, who also appears in the film. Starring Dustin Hoffman, Jessica Lange, Terry Garr, and going into the Hall of Fame, Charlie, Charles Durning. Yes. Been yes. waiting for this moment. We love Charles Durning. Are you aware who Charles Durning is, Paul? I know the name. Charles Durning is the father of the Jessica Lange oh, character. Oh, yes. Yeah, I've seen him in many, the, uh, many yeah. JP who kisses everyone. Okay. Not in a narrow chip. No, 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 no. that's... He's, um, he's Jessica Lange's dad. Oh, okay. Les, yeah, yeah, yeah. Les, who he who was, falls for... Tootsie. Tootsie. Tootsie, yeah. yeah. Deborah Michaels, actually. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he was in The Sting. Dorothy Michael. Uh, he usually plays like he plays a, a he plays an incompetent yeah. police officer because yeah, he came up in the Rochester Keno quiz. He did. Dog Day Afternoon and was the other one we reviewed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Love Charles Durning. Yeah, yeah. He's just one of those sadly missed character actors that you don't really see a lot of anymore. Those again, type we've, of we, we've just spoke about the concept of someone being a character actor, but someone who does it well without being typecast. Yeah, I think. Yeah, sadly, and without trying to be. The star, the famous star, hijacking it. Yeah, because yeah. He, that's his only yeah. attempt at. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was happy being, and he does it so bloody well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he knows his place. He, he stays in his lane. He'd do well in Tory Britain. Now I take yeah. it we've all seen this film prior to watching it this time. Then. Yes, setting um, up for me. Yeah, long, long time ago. All right, we'll start with Paul then because it's. I watched it pretty much three or four months ago in preparation for an episode we were going to do. Well, it's actually probably longer than that, actually, Charles. Probably this Much time longer. last year. I would, I would say think. a couple of years ago. Was it that honest. long ago? Yeah. Seems like yesterday. Um, <laughs> so, go on, Paul. You, you haven't seen it for a little while. Yeah, obviously I remembered the premise of it and the fact that it was a bloke in drag working in the acting industry. <laughs> yeah. Remembered, obviously, Dustin Hoffman. Didn't remember Bill Murray was in the movie yeah. at all. I didn't remember it from the first one. <laughs> yeah. Actually. I don't know why, but I remembered it as being more amusing than it actually was. Okay. I personally, on rewatching it about a week ago, didn't find it that funny. Right. I I really, in in fact, at points, and it's coming from me, mm. I found it quite creepy. Go on, why? Transphobic. Yeah, it's just just the fact of. A bloke in drag just taking it too far, just not just doing it for his role, but taking it into his private life, and then not not instantly distancing himself from the woman he was after's father, which we just that's discussed. fair point actually. Um, it's a comedy, so I didn't. Yeah, see that I know, side but you 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 would instantly knock them back, not try and just slightly discourage them and still leading them on <laughs> to the point they propose. I was more disturbed by him still wanting to pursue Jessica Lang. Yeah. It was... Subterfuge, if you will. Yeah, and to the point where she thought Tootsie was a lesbian and it's just like, 
that is a great sequence where they're trying to explain to Sidney Pollock about he thought I was a lesbian and Bill Murray thought I was gay and the Doctor was there. Yeah. Great sequence where there's this whole confusion. Going I mean, on. my favourite part or favourite actor in the film was um, George Gaines as yeah. John Van Horn. From Police Academy. Yeah. I always remember him as the Commandant. Lazar. In, yeah. Yeah. In, with the goldfish and gets the yeah. blowjob under the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he he was the funniest part in it to my reminded opinion. me of a bit of a an older type Leslie Nielsen yes Doddery yeah type that character that kind of role yeah. I mean yeah you can it, it's an early eighties film mm-hmm. it's it's a story that goes on and it, it's it's before cinema tried to offend people, if you see what I mean. It's like, it's a nice story. There's an innocent story. Yeah, it's not going to upset anyone. Before gender, politics and stuff. It's not trying to be politically correct or anything like that. It's just, it's telling a good story. Mm. I just feel that I remember it as being funnier. How old were you when you saw it that time? Uh, (laughs) 30. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I would have been a Teenager, teenager. Yeah. yeah. So you were of the age that, yeah, this is a this is a funny comedy. Yeah, and it's innocent, as Charlie said. Yeah, it it just, I, I don't know. I I'm not saying it was a crap film. No, I I just didn't. I thought I was going to enjoy it much. much sometimes more. it's the worst, though. When yeah, you read that sometimes the expectation can be. I, it up. And to be honest, I quite like Bill Murray. His character in it really pissed me off, really annoyed really? me. I, I found him just just annoying, <laughs> just really sort of getting in the way. Yeah. Um, but not, not even when he was giving those sort of deadpan reactionary looks. Yeah, because he never does those in films, actually. He was a nice... <laughs> My favourite Bill Murray film is the one where he's annoyed about things, actually. <laughs> and I mean, I know... It's a film, it's not meant to be believed, but I found it quite unbelievable that a man would be able to carry on that long in Hollywood being a pretend but female. it's a comedy. Yeah, but I didn't find it that funny. <laughs> Sorry. Fair point, actually. Every no, podcast needs a poll. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well... It's a, this this is going to revolve around the same conversation that we have quite often. As we re-examine films 20 years old, 30 mm. years old, 40 years old, sensibilities and opinions and God knows what are going to change. But at the end of the day, if it's a bloody good movie... It will stand the test of time. It will stand the test of time and we will enjoy it and we will enjoy reviewing it and we will love talking about it. Before I go on to Charlie, I mean, I, I think this personally falls into a very slim bracket of almost perfect comedies. Just the way it's laid out, the script. It, it, it was right for that period of time. Do you know what it is for me? Mm. It's the modern Some Like It Hot. Right. I was going to say there's two or three that I would think it would fall into that, would, would, that, that sort of category. Some like I it would hot, so argue it's with you on that one. It's, I'm not but saying no, it's no. as good as Some but Like It Hot. In regards to a perfect comedy, that it falls say, into that That genre. is one of my favourite films of yeah. all time. It's obviously not as good as Some Like It Hot, but it is... I, I can a, see the similarities, yeah. It, one thing I know it's not is Mrs Brown's Boys. Oh, fuck, sorry. <laughs> 
You've just said that to wind me up. So get all agitated. <laughs> just... He said he's mentioned that program uh, yeah. to get all agitated. Why? Charlie, before I reviewed the film and then I Charlie, start swearing. I, I, I am with you totally on it's that. Like, <laughs> why, why is this film funny? Mrs. Brown's boy is not. Because <laughs> may I? I'd, I'd may watch I begin... Tootsie a million times. <laughs> Rather than watch one episode oh, of I'd Mrs. rather lick my nan's arsehole than watch Miss Brown's voice. I'd Let's rather lick his nan's arsehole. <laughs> oh, God. Don't even know his nan. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the important thing. <laughs> <laughs> nan, if you're listening. <laughs> so, why is this funny and why Miss Brown's no, that's, voice? That's, that's a non question. But... <laughs> no, but it leads me on to my general okay, view. Yeah. I I sort of disagree with Paul, mm. not just because I really like the film, but I actually don't think it's that innocent. I think it's ahead of its time. I think it, it's really kind of pioneering in what it says about gender politics and mm-hmm. that. And I think it's... I'm not trying to politicise a film that doesn't need politicising. I think it's making a massive comment about Dustin Hoffman, he's an aspiring actor, or he's an actor, he teaches drama schools. Yeah. He's clearly good enough at his craft, but he argues too much with directors yeah, and right, agents right, right, right. and that, and that oh, prevents yeah. him. He thinks he's got it very difficult. He thinks he's the one who's being kind of maligned and castigated and can't get anywhere. Yeah. It's not until he book, literally puts himself in the shoes of a woman mm-hmm. that he realised that female uh, uh, if actresses have it even more difficult because they're surrounded by... Leches and chauvinists, and actually, I think the film is becoming kind of prevalent, extremely prevalent (laughs) in what we've seen. It's unfortunate that the stuff has happened with Dustin Hoffman being complicit. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. I haven't heard. They're not. They're not. They're not Weinstein sort of (laughs) levels or spacey kind of levels of scandal, Mm. but there is now a shadow over Hoffman. Based on a couple of accusations that may or may not be true, I don't want to. I don't want to discuss them without knowing. No, no, of course. He can just claim he was a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually, but you're right. In what you're saying is, it's this whole thing that he takes the thing from the viewpoint that once he becomes a woman, as such, he's a spoiled child who realises that he's still actually got it better. Than yeah. Him. yeah. But yeah, and yeah, for for the age, I mean, early eighties mm-hmm. to have that gender equality aspect put in it yeah that was it was very educating i was because right at the end because he says he how bad he's had it 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 is quite eye-opening i mean you've got jessica lang who's, who's pretty much dependent on alcohol getting harassed on the set and she's only there because she's shagging the director, she's shagging the mm. director yeah. and it's making a really serious point in my opinion yeah. and I was pleasantly surprised the first time I watched it that was making that point because yeah. I'd never expected a mainstream comedy from 1982, 1983 to be that kind yeah. of uh, I think back then people viewed it as just being Oh, it's Dustin Hoffman dressing up as a woman. This is yeah. like really before I watched it. And and it uh, I yeah. expected it to be the prototype of Mrs. Doubtfire, mm. and it's anything but. Yeah, but yeah. There's a lot underlying. Well, it's not even underlying. It is quite obvious when you look at it. Yeah. Do you like it, Scott? Because it's a film about making films. 
I thought he was about to say because <laughs> he's about about a man dressed up as a woman. Well, <laughs> you should see what he thinks of so. the crying <laughs> game. <laughs> <laughs> And he also likes the IRAs. <laughs> no, you're quite right that I do love films about Hollywood. <laughs> uh, what was I, thought you, I thought you were going to say, like, transsexuals no, or no, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Where the fuck was I there? Thailand. What did I say? No, you, he, you were saying he was right to about me, mention. Yeah, yeah, you're quite right, Paul, about I like movies about movies, movie making. Yeah. You like the metaphysical... especially if it's the golden age of Hollywood type thing so that's why La La Land really appealed to you because it did that side of you know went on studio lots and stuff this this was more sort of TV production Mm. so that side of it didn't appeal to me I just like the movie sort of like from a personal point of view and I know I bring this up quite often no Charlie I don't dress as a woman it's fine no judgement from me No judgment, but you know, if you're uncomfortable with it, then no, no, it's fine. We're, we're all friends here. I yeah, can tell sure. you. I'm but sure no. I saw some size ten high heels as we came in. <laughs> We've had this conversation before, where my early sort of like Hollywood film loving history is all down to the fact my stepfather was a video pirate, so that I used to get all these films quite early and see them. I saw Tootsie in 1982 when this came out. You know, I yeah. wasn't old enough to see this at the cinema. I think it must have been a double A at the time or whatever it may have been. And I was only 12, 12 or 13. So it was one I sat and watched at home with my parents. It was, oh, it's that Dusty Hoffman where he dresses up as a bird, you know. So we watched that. Watched it a few times and loved it as a teenager. Didn't think anything of the gender politics as, you know, he's quite evident now as you watch it yeah. as an adult through different eyes. But what I've come to realise is that it is a perfectly crafted comedy. It's um, there's no evident flaw to me actually. I no. think it's Paul and I were talking before you turned up, Charlie, about what's Dustin Hoffman famous for? What's his uh, the graduate? Right, um, go on. Right, the graduate. All the president's men, which we didn't include, but yeah, go on. Um, Hold on, bear with me and edit out the spaces. No, so no, I'm no. More intellectual. <laughs> well, I'll tell you um, what we came up with, yeah? Hook. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, we said Hook was a no, but... Um, marathon. Marathon Man, man obviously. Graduate. Midnight Cowboy. Midnight, Midnight Cowboy. Cowboy, great film. Um, Kramer versus Kramer. Although I would say Meryl Street probably gets yeah, more playing. Yeah, but as a Dustin Hoffman... Rain Man. And Rain Man and Tootsie. So he, what you're saying is that he is more... Renowned for his transformative performances. Well, not even that. We're just saying over a because he's not a spastic. We just say it over a fifty-plus year career. <laughs> sorry, 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 mate. Yeah, Go on. we're just saying over a fifty-plus year career. Out of the one hundred plus movies he's made, yeah. there's only six. Yeah, you think if you've made a hundred movies. You can have more than the half like a Dustin, Look at Dustin Hoffman physically. Yeah, he's, he he is fighting against the odds to be yeah. as renowned and as yeah, successful yeah. as he is, in yeah. my opinion. He but, could play a good Jew. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we get Jeremy Corbyn listening now. <laughs> this is why I love the third episode. <laughs> yeah, but no, I I think that's a really important point with. Dustin Hoffman is that his acting ability has meant that he's exceeded his physical limitations as a frontman. Mm-hmm. And I think 
possibly why his performance in this film is so good is because there's an element of his own frustration in yeah you the can character. see that can't you like yeah. the thing about him <laughs> he's perfect I... in the graduate because he is square yeah and he's not supposed to be good with women and he's supposed to have a lot of self doubt yeah he's good in rain man because rain man is not a heroic character he's someone who suffers and has a lot to deal mm. with yeah and in this he's very good because he's playing someone who's frustrated by the fact that He's a great actor, but unfortunately, mate, whatever you do, you're not going to be... You, you're not Gregory Peck. Yeah. Like it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. What we were saying before you arrived, that aside from those sort of half a dozen performances, everything is pretty average or cameo yeah. roles or voiceovers or meet the fuckers. This is a man who's been played... He's been portrayed by Rob Brydon in a film about... Um, Rob Peter Bryden. Sellers' life. What was the? Was it Rob Bryden played him in the life and death of Peter he Sellers? Play, he plays Dustin Hoffman Award in the Oscar to him. I'm gonna have to have a look at that. So if Rob Bryden's seen... betraying you in a film, you know that you are not. <laughs> like... You've not made it really. I mean, I actually think Dustin Hoffman is one of the best actors of all time. But <clears throat> he is. You yeah, two make an interesting point there that mm. I, you just assume that his his career is littered with mm. standout mm. leading performances. Yeah. And and pretty much after Rain Man. It's not a great deal to, you know, mm. say that... Oh, Hook was... I was saying to Scott, one of my favourite... Hook was favorite, pantomime, it was... One of my, yeah, it's not... Yeah, one of my favourite films with him in is Sleepers. But Sleepers but, has got a fantastic ensemble yeah, cast, doesn't that's it? it. He, but, was, he wasn't the main star in that by any means. And Papillon. It was, it was, Papillon's the other one, sorry, we missed yeah. Papillon, yes. Yeah, and yes. Sleepers wasn't a lovely subject matter. But then, does that... Does that create another argument that actually some of the best actors they don't have to be Ooh. the leading mm, yeah. so you're saying Bill Murray's excellent touche <laughs> um, <laughs> no I think if, if you're going towards what I think you're going to say is actually you can't really put many films above this in his hmm. yeah um, if there's only six or seven that we can in his, name, in his vocabulary oh. this is right up there I think it's got to be yeah, it's got in a fifty-year career. It's his top ten, obviously, possibly top five. But then also, Dustin Hoffman dies tomorrow. Does he? What, no, say he does. All right. What, what, what would he be remembered for? <laughs> I remember, I'm not Caesar. I've not put my thumb down. <laughs> but like, he dies tomorrow, and then there will be vast amounts. Oh Christ! Of, yeah. yeah like, and what would he be remembered for? What film? Graduate. Kramer, that's just Kramer. I'd say the graduate. They'll show the graduate yeah. as well because, again, it's yeah. like a zeitgeist of culture. It is mm. Dustin Hoffman physically as Dustin Hoffman, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. But, yeah, well, trying to bring it back to Tootsie a little yeah. bit, though, I think this is actual virtuosity yeah. like, in terms of his performance. I, I have to say, for a, an early 80s film, what was it, 82? 82, yeah. The makeup that turned him into a woman mm-hmm. for 40 plus years, no, no, not even 30 plus years ago, sorry, yeah. was superb. Because if you didn't know... You... He's very, very close. He's, he's, he's not Mrs. Doubtfire type maker. No, it no, it's not it's... the... Oh, it's not overdone. Yeah. They, they circumvent it in the film with one of the things that actually made me laugh is how we starts getting into it yeah like when he's yeah, sitting there gets... I don't put too much cottage cheese on my plate because yeah. I'm on a diet and that like, and <laughs> yeah. like oh it, did you see her handbag and yeah. that yeah. so it's like he does he's striving to look <laughs> yeah. as most 
like authentic because he can be. Yeah, and that's he good does one. get into the role a little bit too much. Well, too much <laughs> if that sort of thing offends you, Paul, yeah. and I'm really disappointed. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you ever seen me on a Sunday? <laughs> well, only only in the morning. Um, <laughs> but no, I think this is a film. My I'm struggling to kind of quantify everything I think about the film, but what I would say, this is a film that you can take on different layers. You can take it as a really important landmark in terms of what it is about gender politics and how unfairly women are treated in Hollywood, and as we know, Mm. very much still to this day, you can take it as a good virtuoso performance from Dustin Hoffman, but you can also just sit there and let it wash over you and just think this is quite... Light and entertaining, yeah. and yeah. the best films are the ones that have those layers. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it yeah. it excels on all of those layers as well. Definitely. So, yeah. for me, I'm not saying it's a perfect film. It's almost kind of perfect at what it attempts I'm, to I'm do. I'm saying it's a perfect comedy, or an almost perfect comedy, in, in the way that it's structured, and not necessarily the subject matter makes it a perfect comedy, but from from the way that comedy should be presented. It's flawless. Yeah. There is the, all the elements of, of drama that needs to be there and sadness. There's conflict, there's resolution. Yeah. It's, it's all there. And and it's something I think that's lacking in modern day comedies, like the Judd Apatow stuff. And they don't have to do it though. Mm. That's the problem. We're, yeah. still in, we're still talking about an era in which they still want there to be some substance. There's meat on the bones kind of thing. Mm. Now, you can make a silly film and if it's got a good advertising campaign and names in it, moms will still go in their drove to watch it in cinemas. But with this, you've got... I think that's a good point as well, that Sidney Pollock's in it. Yeah. This is obviously a film that he feels passionately about in the fact that he's willing to appear in it. And it's not just, we'll churn this out... It'll be a box office success because let's not forget Jessica Lang was a fucking huge star in 1982. Of course she was. Um, also, Gina Davis's first Davis. film yeah, performance. Very early role. Yeah. yeah. So to me, this is a rare example of something that could have been light entertainment, but is actually very uh, substantial and has a lot of hidden depths, yeah. in my opinion. And I know I'm trying to. It makes it sound like I'm trying to intellectualise this film, but I no, don't think there's a lot of qualities there. Yeah, you're right. trying to quantify back. why they made it. And I, I do get that, the fact that there's different different genres of the general public will enjoy it, as you say. For a light-hearted, easy-going film, they'll like it. For those that are a bit more political, they'll enjoy the feminism part of it. I Seeing it now as opposed to back in the 80s when I first saw it, I just... It's its classed as a comedy, and I would have put it as more a, a comedy drama. Well, that's the and, thing. And I, I, I didn't find it that amusing. It depends what your perception of comedy is, because comedy can be perceived as something that makes you laugh, hmm. or comedy can be, be perceived as something in which awkward situations and incongruous things happen and for me it falls more into it made me laugh in a couple of things like when he's complaining to 
his agent about being a tomato and him saying like <laughs> why did, why wouldn't you sit down because tomatoes can't move and <laughs> yeah but that genuinely was yeah. funny but for me it was a comedy more in the respect it was about someone yeah. getting into an awkward situation and how are they going to deal with this and how yeah. are they going to get out with yeah don't get me wrong i didn't dislike the film i just had a perception or a preconception that it was funnier than I actually found it to be. That's that's yeah. that's fair. It, I don't find it laugh a minute, but I do love it. But that's that's I don't know. That's probably one of the qualities of a good comedy that it doesn't have to be rip roaring knock no. about comedy all the time. It's, it doesn't strive for cheap laughs either. No. That's the thing. There's, no, there's never any well cheap written. laughs. Very at, well written. A shit comedy would have made cheap laughs mm. at the fact that a man is dressed as yes. a woman. Yeah, because yeah. that's actually, we know that's not actually funny. And like there are people who go through years of suffering yeah. who feel uncomfortable in their bodies and you shouldn't really to be honest you shouldn't really take the piss out of it do you know what I mean because that is a serious thing in people's yeah. lives and I like the fact that a film in 1982 never does go to that level yeah probably. like yeah Paul yes would you say that this is an Oscar bait movie no 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 would you be surprised if I was to tell you it was nominated for 10 Oscars you are shitting me I'll read them out Best actress in a supporting role. Best actor in a supporting role. (laughs) (laughs) So what, Jessica Lange? Jessica Lange won Best Supporting Actress for this She's pretty good in it, but But it was also... She hasn't aged well. It was also nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Director, Best Screenplay, Cinematography, Sound, Film Editing and Best Music, Original Song. Incredible, isn't it? Because I know yeah. you, you mentioned Oscar bait movies before. No, and I am... Deliberately to... But was there a dearth of films in 1982? 82. Dustin Hoffman was nominated for Best Actor. Mm. Also nominated this year, Jack Lemmon in Missing, Paul Newman in The Verdict, Peter O'Toole in My Favourite Year, Ben Kingsley won it for is that Is that one of the most esteemed Best Actor you think that's, sort that's of nomination good, lists? Isn't it, yeah. yeah, Ben yeah. Kingsley, Dustin Hoffman, Jack, Jack Lemmon, Paul Newman, yeah. Peter O'Toole. That's yeah. That's, that's, that's a got a lot of gravitas. Yeah, in my that's opinion. a classic lineup. Okay, have a look at best actress because uh, Jessica Lange was nominated for best actress uh, in the running. Deborah Winger for Officer and a Gentleman. Okay. Sissy Spacek for Missing. Jessica Lange for Francis. She was nominated for as best actress. She got nominated twice this wow. year. Wow, that's unusual. Julie Andrews for Victor Victoria. Oh, my God. Guess really? who won Best Actress this year? Jessica. I haven't mentioned her yet. No, no. Oh. Uh, Full Hood. How about Meryl Streep? Oh, for, <laughs> uh, for Sophie's Choice. Oh. <laughs> oh, Sophie's fair Choice. enough, though. That is a landmark film yeah. in her career. To be fair. But then Best Supporting Actress, Jessica Lange, as well as being nominated for Actress, got nominated for Best Supporting, which she won. Uh, and in contention was Glenn Close for The World According to Carp. Oh. I like that film. Yeah, good book as well. Long film. Terry Gar was nominated from Tootsie. I have really? a bit of a hot yeah. take though. I have a bit mm. of a hot take here for you, gents. Mm-hmm. Maybe even then the Academy recognised Tootsie as being quite um, exactly because in, in line with their the politics mm. and the this progressive. This is why I asked way of Paul if he yeah. felt that it was Oscar bait material. I think it quite evidently was. I think yeah. it. I think there but must have been women in the film industry who thought, yes, finally. How many winning. did it win? One. And it got nominated for... about 10 or 11, I but think. That happens yeah. quite a lot, though, doesn't it? That yeah, happens quite a lot. I remember The Revenant uh, getting... As we say, because this was early 80s, 
is that a reflection of the actual Attitudes age in which it was nominated? Perhaps, but then many. nominations, if you look over the years, nominations can be plentiful mm. and sometimes they might only win one or two. It's not an indication of how many they're going to win, it's just an indication of how it falls but, into that if category. A, if like, a film can win about a fucking speaking fish or whatever, then... Or Finding Nemo, I don't know. The World According to Carp. <laughs> the Codfather. I was thinking of the... This year, what was the one about? Grinding Nemo. Oh, about the bird rooting the fish. Yeah, Grinding yeah. Nemo. Yeah. Grinding. Shape yeah. of Water. But again... Um, <laughs> Wasn't that nominated for load? That was that was nominated in loads of yeah, and it still didn't. No, clean up kind of thing. Charlie, you were mentioning the music. Dave, is it pronounced Grusin? Grusin, Dave Grusin. Dave Grusin did the music lyrics by Alan Bergman, Marilyn Bergman. It might be you was nominated for best original song. It's it's criminally of its time, but it works. do you know what won the Oscar for that that particular year? Up oh. where we belong from Officer Energy. But oh, then that is. Do you know what though? As much as I don't like that film or that song, that is that's one of the few cases where the song is actually more famous than the movie. Well, in my opinion. Do you know yeah. what else was nominated for best original song this year? Gone. I have a tiger from Rocky. Oh Christ! Yeah, because yeah. everyone assumes it's from the first Rocky film, and that yeah, could be more. Three, yeah. Three. It's an interesting year, 82, 83 of Oscars, isn't it? Mm. That's... <laughs> okay, guys, so the general <laughs> consensus is it's, it's a great movie. You're not so Paul's okay. liking it, but not loving it, I think. I I like the film as a film. Uh-huh. I just don't think should be particularly classed. I, I think it's, it's more a story telling of the a... political incorrectness at the time yeah. than... It, it's an, with some uh, funny elements to it. If I was to class it as an amusing drama, wow. do you know what? I'm, gonna, it, actually, I'm actually no. going to back Paul up here because yeah. I think before I watched it for the first time, I expected it to be a caper, and it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's no, not. It's not it's an old fashioned fashioned word. Word. But do you know what I mean? It's not like. Yeah. Uh, it's not like. Oh God! What I've got to get out of this situation? I've never yeah. seen. It's fundamentally serious. Yeah. It As made you say, me laugh. If, if but you compare it to Mrs. Doubtfire, exactly, which was yeah. a, he's going to be caught out because he's right, there was one, some there like was, it hot pole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there That's was it. there was a scene where like he was going to try on Sandy's outfit, and yeah. Yeah. he had to he had to sort of like make it look like he just fancied yeah. her, and that was an exact. If that kept happening yeah. through the film, I think you yeah it would it, be. A, it was a comedy. sort of slow paced comedy. Rather than one that was going Comedic for a is... laugh a minute, and as you say, a caper or catching these embarrassing, funny moments, yeah. it it was light-hearted. But yeah. that makes me appreciate it more. Like mm. I said earlier, it doesn't go for cheap laughs. It no, doesn't go no, no. for which is why I described it as a perfectly crafty comedy as well. Yeah. I think it was just it was just enough to tickle the funny bone, tug at the heartstrings. Mm. It was and tasteful. Tasteful and inoffensive. Yeah. inoffensive. Actually, for, for a film about a guy dressing up as a woman, it was inoffensive. Yeah, it could have been horrendous. Yeah, yeah, even with it. the really sexist character, John, in, in the soap, who who was yeah. renowned for kissing and groping <laughs> all the again, women. They, 
but it, the important thing is that those characters were the the butt of the joke. Yeah, like yeah. they they weren't the and, ones. And who... Tootsie put them in their place. There you go. Yeah. Excellent. Right. Okay, guys. We'll be back in just a couple of seconds with what we're watching for the next three episodes. And now preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, lads, it's time to sort out what we're going to be watching over the next three episodes. It is. Um, usually we would get one from Liam, Paul, me, Charlie, whatever. Who's Liam? Who's Liam? We've forgotten him already, haven't we? Yeah. Out of order, because I've missed episodes. That's really cheap. Really. <laughs> yeah. So what I've done, I've spoke to Liam, and Liam has sent in his, my postal vote today. He could be here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> he could be here tonight, but we know what he's going to be reviewing. But before we review Liam's, the next episode is going to be Paul's. Mm-hmm. What have you selected for the next episode, sir? Well, this will shock Anyone that has heard this and knows my movie taste. <laughs> I am going to choose Ice Cold in Alex. Now, this is surprising because we're going back to 1958. Black and white movie starring John Mills, Sylvia Sim, yeah. um, Anthony Quayle, yeah. Harry Andrews. Classic British war movie, Charlie. Charlie's looking I've really never even heard it, of it. It's about the war in Egypt. It's yeah, um, it's the North African North conflict. African conflict. It's, it's there's a famous scene at a bar where they're drinking Carlsberg, and it was. Is it bad? I've not heard of it. Yes, it is. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. this this is a classic war movie. British British war movie, it but it's not really all is. about fighting. It's 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 an aspect of like the genuine war. straight up. That, yeah. I feel mortified. It by is. This. Like, it is quite scary. I mean, Anthony Quayle. Don't is, don't give it away. Yeah, yeah there, there's an but, aspect to one character. I would have thought like I can't. Let's move on to the no, next no. one. <laughs> it's, it's probably one that Real Britannia would have covered, Charlie. Not, so, but, for, Tony Blanford for, for and me, racists. For me <laughs> to choose a black and white movie yeah. that's not a comedy, then it, it's, it's one that I remember seeing as I grew up. Ice cold in Alex. Ice cold in yeah. Alex. It's one of those classic Sunday oh, after no. one of those classic Sunday oh, afternoon matinee movies. It's like Bridge Over the River Choir kind it's, of. It's not the all quite on the it, western it's, front. Yeah, it's fair. not the epic type <laughs> war movie. Okay, so Ice Cold in Alex will be the next one. Uh, the the episode after that is from Liam. The Crow Two. <laughs> <laughs> It's from 1993. Charlie, it's directed by Robert De Niro. A Bronx Tale. It is a Bronx Tale. Excellent film. I don't think I've seen it. I've definitely not seen it. In fact, it's Chas Palminteri. It's the the one-man play thing. He wrote the play, didn't he, Chas Palminteri? Yeah. I think it's a Broadway musical now, in fact. Really? Yeah. I really like this film. Well done, Liam. Yes, even though he's not here. And then we're going to go on to the episode after that, which again we're going to throw back to Paul because we chose Tootsie and Neil by Mouth and stuff. Paul's got a blinder. Go on. I've, I've chosen this film because there's 
as we do these podcasts, there's so many iconic and great films that I've never seen. And the thing this I'm, was the kind of motivation for me as well. Yeah, I, I'm appreciating the fact that this is making me watch films that I wouldn't sit down and watch or I haven't sat down and watched. Mm-hmm. So just flicking through and trying to think of a film, um, I've chosen The Usual Suspects. <laughs> <laughs> and they're shaking hands, well ladies and gentlemen. Again, it's a Chaz Palminteri fest. See you next episode. Um Charlie, see you later, Paul. See you later, Scott. Rapped. See you later. Good night. <laughs> the management of this theatre suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astrid Arms, infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, here. Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. You fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown, try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side, on hope so much depends. With your confidence sinking, positive thinking helps you on the way, my friend. When things look black, try positive thinking. Treat every season as spring. No glancing back, try positive thinking. Trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up, you ugly bitch. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.